Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key on Netflix and also the comic books, but we already cover those. It's all good. Let's... <laughs> and what? the locks and the locks and keys that exist in our hearts. Right. And in the world, actually. We're going to be talking mainly about those today. I got a pretty sweet front door lock I'm very excited to get your guys' opinion on. I'm Alex. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're actually going to be talking about The Black Door, a very big episode of Lock and Key on Netflix, directed by Mark Tondurai Hodges, written by Brett Treacy and Dan Woodward. But before that happens, I do want to get into, let's do uh, some breaking news. Yeah. It's not actually breaking news. It's a couple of days ago, and it's going to be even regular news. (laughs) News you already know. Old news. Uh, so we did review the six volumes of Lock and Key, the comic book. We interviewed Gabriel Rodriguez about this, the artist, uh, Chris Ryall, the editor of Lock and Key. And they had teased that some big news was coming down the pike about Lock and Key. That got announced our time over this past weekend that there's going to be a crossover between Lock and Key and Sandman. Classic comic book from Vertigo from DC Comics. Justin, you're a big fan of both oh, of these. Yes. Uh, oh, shit, Pete? That's breaking news for Pete right there. Yeah, uh, I didn't know about that. Wait, you didn't know about that? We dropped it in a Patreon Slack and everything. Yeah, I, I haven't been on Slack today. It's been a little crazy. It was several days ago. Wow. Pete, uh, don't explain your actions. You're living your own wait, non-digital Pete, have you life. you joined the Lock and Key Slack room yet? Yes. Oh, okay. I, I just so. know because sometimes every once in a while, like, we'll have a Twitter account for a podcast, and three months later, I'll be like, Pete accepted your request. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pizza, but, have, you Justin, guys, have you guys heard about pizza? Yeah, dude. You should try it out. <laughs> just tried some. Very good. Very Too cheesy. Uh, Justin, what was your take on this news? Uh, that's exciting. It uh, It does feel like a nice... Uh, there's a nice synergy there. It's not anything I would have ever thought of, but the f- the fact that they uh, that they're doing it, it, it's actually like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, the sensibility, sort of the um, exploring uh, stories uh, as mythologies and stories as the sort of the narrative devices, I think, is really nice. And uh, worlds within worlds, it fits really well. Yeah, I agree. Now, there's a very reliable uh, super fan account on Twitter, Lock and Key France, which is excellent, uh, has a better cultural memory for Lock and Key, definitely, than I do. Uh, And apparently in 2014, they talked a little bit about this project, or at least mused about it. And at the time, the idea was that Chamberlain Lock who we just met in Lock and Key, the Netflix series, as we've been recapping Mm. it. Uh, But he pops up now and again, at least in terms of mentions, the comic book series as well, apparently forges the key to hell, goes there, opens the door to hell, and travels through the various Sandman dimensions 
encountering the characters there, sort of a Dante's Inferno travel through the nine realms type thing, which Very sounds cool. pretty neat to me. Yeah. Uh, yes, Pete, you have uh, something you would like to say. Yeah, a couple things. First off, that's an insane crossover. Um, that kind of blows my mind. Does that mean Lock and Key is a part of the DC universe? Sure, as much as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is part of the DC universe because they met Batman a couple of times. That's what if Lock and Key, what if Lock and Key met Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh man. That'd be crazy. Uh, second thing I wanted to say was, since we have read the comics, just seeing the title of this episode, I was like, holy shit, I'm not ready. Oh, you've moved on. You're, you're done with the on. Sandman news. You're moving yeah. back to the episode. You have I said I had two things to talk about. Right, but well, they were two entirely unrelated things. One of them was off the topic we were currently now, do we about. Do we want um, Lock and Key to cross over with Sandman, the Spider-Man villain? Uh, not to jump back even further, but I would love for them to walk uh, cross over with Teenage Ninja Turtles because I feel like if Bodhi fell in the ooze, he'd change into a uh, radioactive key. Ooh, right. not super useful. That's like a regular not super useful key. <laughs> yes. All I gotta say is Tyler is cool but rude. Oh man. Shredder would be like, what do I do with this key? Is that Krang? Did I, did I do a Krang did voice Krang. instead? That's Krang. Krang. What if Shredder could have keys on the end of his little Wolverine claws? Oh, man. That would he be could be super key. Sweet. He could be keyer. Yeah. Time to unlock you, turtles. Oh, that's still Krang. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's definitely that. Krang. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into this episode with that bit of news out of the way. Talk about the Black Door. Before we get there, though, brief recap about what's happened so far. Uh, so at this point, the Locke family, which is comprised of Bodie, Kinsey and Tyler and Nina, the mom, have all moved to Matheson, Massachusetts to uh, Rendell Locke, who is the former husband of Nina, be former because he was murdered by a guy named Sam Lesser. He was <laughs> that's a not a way. Of Tarla. It's not. It's, that's not how a husband. That's not how marriages work, Alex. Her ex-husband. <laughs> that's not not how it. You know, it's not a divorce when one person. Dies. I haven't been. I haven't been paying close attention to these episodes, but I believe when Sam Lesser shot him, he said, "Consider this a divorce." Right. Yeah, that's the accent he speaks in. Are you just trying to get as many different uh, characters in here as possible, or what's going on with you? I I gotta get. Uh, this is the only chance I have to audition for my voiceover roles. It hasn't been working so far, but I'm pretty confident about this episode. Otherwise, I'm gonna say hasta la vista, baby, to my career. Yes, please <laughs> yep. do, and yes. stop it while you're at it. Uh, so, Rendelock was murdered by this guy named Sam Lesser. Uh, as Nina has found out more about Rendell's childhood in Matheson, Massachusetts, she's come to doubt that she knows really anything about Rendell. She's found out that most of his classmates died. They, he and another uh, classmate named Ellie Whedon seem to have matching scars on their chests, which is very mysterious. And Ellie certainly seems to be lying to Nina quite a bit, even though they struck up a friendship. The other person that Nina has struck up a friendship with is Joe Ridgway, who is the D of the 11th grade at Matheson Academy. Uh, he also kind of knew uh, Rendell back in the day, but was a teacher back then as well. 
Now, as for the kids, they've been having much more exciting adventures. Specifically, they have discovered a bunch of magical keys that are littered and hidden throughout the house that they're living in, which is called Key House, as well as the grounds outside of the house. And each key does its own thing, has its own magic ability. The unfortunate side effect is there is an evil entity, an echo, a lady in the well, who is after those keys. She has escaped she has very specifically gone after Bodhi and tried to get Bodhi to give her the keys. And as Bodhi discovered, he needs to voluntarily give her the keys. Otherwise, she can't take them. Uh, but she is definitely gunning for them. And something, a little dangling thing that was left from the first episode that we started to follow up on is it seems like the lady in the well and Sam Lesser were working together in some way. And the lady left Sam a matchstick key, which can create epic infernos, epic blazes. Uh, so that's a good portion of the things that have gone on. Big thing you need to know, two big things you need to know that are leading into this episode that were left off as cliffhangers. Nina went to Joe Ridgeway's house. He found something amazing that he wanted to show her. And when she got there, he was dead. And though she doesn't know this, Ellie Whedon was downstairs, which definitely seems to point to her being involved in some way. The other thing that you should probably know about is that Tyler and Kinsey discovered a tree that was full of memories that they strongly suspect are a Duncan lock, their uncle's memories. And there was one specific memory there where they saw their father, Rendell as a teenager murdering his best friend, Lucas. And they were yes. very shaken by that. There's more details that we'll probably pick up, but that brings us mostly up to date with this episode, the black door back to your second point, Pete, this is obviously a big deal for the comic books. We're not going to spoil what's going on in the comic books in case you're only watching the show. Uh, but yeah, how'd that make you feel? It was just no- knowing the title. Um, I was very scared for what was going to happen because so far it hasn't been that gruesome and it ha- it's been building things up. And I'm like, okay, we only have 10 episodes things have got to get ramped up. And this episode as a whole was really insane. So much amazing stuff happened, really had like a fun Goonies feel to it at times. Like this show, uh, it just keeps getting better and better. And this episode was really phenomenal with all the stuff that they packed in and the ride that we kind of go on. I'm very excited. I also would like to quickly say, if you guys ever see memories of me killing somebody, don't just immediately think that I did that, okay? You need actual proof. Memories that, don't count. That sounds like you're covering up a crime. Right. I'd also note uh, that I don't need to go with just the memories. I can also use 14 years of experience knowing you beat to bed. <laughs> and that's a good, which are technically memories, Alex, but um, oh, yeah, your that's memories. true. I do remember them. Yeah. That's the thing with memories is they're in your brains. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of lost camera equipment this episode, which definitely stressed me out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I definitely want to get your perspective as a uh, line producer, exactly what you thought about this episode. I am not a line producer. (laughs) Wait, what is what is your title? Why do I keep saying that? I'm a director. A line producer is like manages the money of a production. And I am definitely not that. Key grip. You're a key grip. No, no. Best boy. It's very funny that you don't know that. And of course, we all know Pete's profession. Yeah, what's weird is, uh, Zalvin, you never get it right almost on purpose. It's like you're really fucking uh-huh. It's almost like some sort of bit I'm doing. Pete, though, uh, as we all know, your profession is? Uh, I'm a professional uh, bouncer. 
Oh, that's oh. not true. Wow, that is news. All right, um, let's, let's jump to into episode. the action. Yes, uh, we jump right back into the action from the end of last episode, which I know Pete loves, and meet Detective Mutuku. Yeah, yeah big character for the comics. Uh, how'd you feel about him? Did he embody everything you wanted out of Detective Mutuku? I mean, from the comics in the in the the comic book, Mutuku is a little more uh, charming, a little more like. Uh, thoughtful, I think. Uh, this Mutuku, mm-hmm. at least in this first uh, look at him, feels very much like a by-the-book um, police officer. Yeah, kind of like a cop who's not really trying to do his job well. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, so we get the scene. It's Nina at the police station. She meets Detective Mutuku. Everybody's kind of in a daze. Uh, Nina is just rambling and saying that Joe was murdered. Nina uh, you know, tells Matuku, yes, of course I'm upset. Have they talked to Ellie? You got to track her down. Uh, and she immediately is just like starting to grab evidence and get stuff out of Joe, this box from Joe Ridgeway's house. So I think it's totally reasonable for detective Matuku to be like, no, it's the anniversary of this dude's wife's death. We, he was found choked the next in a, week. What? He had like yeah, a next, whole week before the anniversary. Uh, for sure. But he's in a small town where there hasn't necessarily been a lot of crime. Clearly, like the thing that happened to Rendell and Rendell's friends decades she, earlier is the biggest thing that's happened in that town so far. And that was gave, a tragic accident. That wasn't a right. crime. She gave that detective everything he needed to get to the bottom of what really happened. Talk to Ellie. It was a murder. It wasn't a suicide. He talked to like a couple people. They said, oh, he's lonely. And he just went for the easy out, not trying to do his job at all. There's a thing that Ellie says to Nina later in the episode, which obviously we know that Ellie is lying about quite a lot, but she's not wrong about this. Uh, This is when she confronts her after Joe's um, memorial service. And she says, you know, I've known Joe for 25 years. You've been here for two months. And I think that plays into the Batuku thing as well. This is somebody who just came into town and suddenly rambling and seems to know everything. He's, I don't think he's being a bad police officer. He's just being a police officer. There's like, we got to look at the evidence and see what's happening. Just calm down lady. And also Nina seems very stressed out. She's everyone in town knows that she's been through a lot. Uh, Nina feels like death is following her, I feel like, especially at the top of this uh, scene. Um, she plays the voice message. Like, uh, it's just there's not a lot of chemistry happening here. Well, she, you stop making, first off, stop making excuses for this detective who you know is a bad detective. He's not a bad detective. Just, no, he's not. Yeah, he is. He's a we police officer for- doing his job. We know for a fact that there were suspicious things, activities happening. It wasn't just as straight. He killed himself because he was lonely. There yeah, but was, we know that. We know that because we're watching a TV show, but he's a detective who's not watching a TV show. Yeah, but he's also not listening to people who are clearly like rambling because they saw something that was messed up and he didn't even look into it. He, in fact, says we're going to look into it. And then off camera, he looks into it. Yeah, and they don't right. find anything. You think he was just jerking off in the back room or something? I don't know. That's a weird thing to say, but I just think that he was looking for the easy answer. Okay, well, I'll be more specific then. Do you think he went to the storeroom where they keep the evidence, went behind the third <laughs> shelf, ducked not, uh, right not. under the cocaine that they had uh, confiscated from a high school party and jerked off? 
Wow. Uh, you, I don't think Pete's thinking you're not being specific enough, Alex. Oh, okay. Just the show? I think maybe it's more the show he's, he's focused on. All right. It does seem like a fault on the show that they didn't include that scene that I just explained. Uh, so let's... Let's move past this weird argument that we're having and instead talk about the rest of the show. Uh, Tyler is flashing back to the memory that he saw. He's clearly very shaken by this whole thing. That's definitely his big motivator, I think, this episode. And it's it's actually rattled him. I mean, uh, the episodes leading up to this were all about him trying to make this romance with Jackie happen. And now this uh, his family, the his the death of his father and this new memory is damaging or taking him away from his romance that he's trying to make happen. Oh, yeah, I think but, it's even... Uh, oh, go ahead, Pete. I was going to say, yeah, he's he's definitely shook, but uh, Jackie's on track, so we see Jackie and she's like, hey, you still coming over? You know, not even a pause for all the crazy shit going on. Jackie's like, I want to make this relationship happen. Yeah, uh, I do think, like, she's... She doesn't necessarily have much of an arc in this episode. She's just, to your point, Pete, laser focused on Tyler. But Tyler's thing was he was looking up to his dad. You know, Kidzy, Bodie, all of them, they were looking up to Rendell. Every memory that we've seen of Rendell up until now has been this perfect, idyllic dad. And Tyler is shaken to his core because... As we saw last episode, he was trying to be the man of the house. Who do you, you know, who do you base that on? You base that on your dad. And he has found out his dad, or at least he thinks he's found out that his dad is definitely not who he thought he was. Uh, and that sends him veering in entirely the opposite direction. It's like when you see your teacher at, uh, at a grocery store, you're like, what the fuck? You're not a real person. You belong yeah. in this little place that I've put you. You've got to learn that your dad's got flaws and there's a lot of different things going on. And just because someone has a memory of your dad murdering somebody doesn't mean you immediately. This is a magical world you're in. There's keys. People can open up heads. Come on. Be smart, Tyler. Yeah, I got to yeah. say, Pete, uh, you're making a lot of good intuitions here from the fact that, as Justin mentioned, you're watching a TV show. It would have been very helpful if you were in this TV show as well. It was like, hey, just so you know, you're in a TV show called Lock and Key. Uh, try to try to look at it from a plot perspective. I think that would have like taken a lot of the pressure off of everybody. I fucking hate you. <laughs> That's true. And also, like, why is your teacher buying so much shrimp cocktail at the grocery store? <laughs> like you having a party? shrimp cocktail of that come on exactly that's day that's Ugh. day to week old shrimp cocktail teach yeah <laughs> do you buy discount seafood that's to me like that's a warning sign i mean yes uh no doubt about that a seafood that's um been having the price slashed is uh, a warning sign yes. but there's nothing wrong with an old oyster Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, I love going to the grocery store, seeing a big sign that says, good old oysters. Yeah. (laughs) These oysters are fine, it says. (laughs) So then we have a a film meeting. Scott wants to add a scene. Uh, Okay, you skip by a bunch of stuff. Uh, (laughs) Sure, let's talk about it. Uh, You clearly don't want to talk about these Scott oysters. So, right, uh, Scott is having this uh, meeting with the Savinis. This is his group, his filming group. They made a group called The Splattering. He knows about the magic keys with Kinsey, uh, and they've shot an extra scene, which is not very Savini, but very Raimi, which I thought was kind of a funny yes. little twist riff there. Well, uh, I think that's everybody... based on the resources they have. 
that's easy to make a more Raimi influenced scene because they have the plant key, which they use for this, uh, this horror scene. Yeah. Which is very cute. Uh, we also get a fun line from Gabe where he's like, wow, it's almost like it's magical how you did this. Because Gabe, of course, is the other one who knows about the keys at this point. When I like how subtly they're setting up the Gabe-Scott rivalry here, um, the love triangle Mm -hmm. with Kinsey, and Gabe is pissed because uh, Scott and Kinsey went and made this uh, little scene using the plan key that he knows about and didn't include him. When last episode, um, because Scott didn't want to embarrass uh, Eden so badly, Gabe and Kinsey had their little moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is probably maybe better left for the end of the episode, but this episode, are you, we talked about this last one. Are you more team, uh, Cabe or more team, uh, Skinzy? I'm all Skinzy. Uh, Cabe <laughs> is bad, bad business. For yeah. sure. Okay. Cabe's a jerk. He's a little jerk. Yeah. Agreed. I, for one, agree with Justin. It's interesting. Justin, uh, Griffin Gluck kind of looks like you a little bit. What's that? Griffin Gluck, who plays Gabe, kind of looks like you a little bit. I know. You think so? Yeah. Well, I'm actually just, I've been uh, DMing with him trying to see if he has any um, roles where he needs someone to play his older brother or (laughs) stunt double. (laughs) Stunt Yeah, I could do definitely stunt double for him. Yeah. Uh, Well, good luck with that. Uh, And I hope you get the job. Good. I'm just trying again, out another and voice again. There. Good luck with the, for your work, Alex. This voiceover game is definitely Thank a lot you. of big casting directors listening to this episode alone. Yes, absolutely. Well, as the three of us know, when we sat down to decide to do a lock and key podcast, we thought this is a way of vaulting ourselves to other jobs. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's why I say, Pete. What are you going for? <laughs> what What are you uh, going for? Bouncer? I'm trying to be a full time bouncer. <laughs> Before we move on, Alex, so Pete, are you a part time bouncer now? Are you trying to upgrade or like that's right? Keep taking right. full time bouncer. I'm, yeah, oh, I'm only getting like those... 20 hours a week. I'm trying to move it up to uh, full time, you know, because right. you can you now gotta... walk around the city with nunchucks. So, you know, oh, yeah. Do you know what a bouncer does? Because they're usually not uh, going to different locations. Hey, you can get jobs at different clubs, man. I think you're thinking of vigilante. (laughs) Yeah, because a bouncer is usually planted in one location of the door. Anyway, we're getting very off track, and this is your fault, Pete. Uh, So let's go back to the scene. So they find out they've gotten their shoot shut down. They can't uh, film at the pier, unfortunately. Um, And uh, that's a real bummer. Uh, Just to kind of keep going with that, they don't get this until later, uh, but they're trying to bounce around different ideas of what to do. Scott says there's no bad ideas. Unfortunately, he shoots down everybody's ideas and says they're terrible until Kinsey decides to go to the drowning caves. uh, And we'll loop back to that in a second. Uh, Now, Kinsey... Before that, though, she's thinking about Rendell. She looks at the memory again, and she gets an idea as Duncan is the house. She shows Duncan the jars, and I thought this was a really fascinating scene because you yeah, can see very interesting. Yeah, the way Duncan's brain is breaking when he's looking at his own memories. The performance uh, by Duncan in this scene is so great, and I love how the comic was all about uh, secrecy, keeping the keys secrets, 
right. and how everyone had been working to keep all of this secret. And the show is very much about exposing the keys and like constantly trying to show it to anyone they can get to look at it and being everyone ha- reaching a dead end because of that. It's such yeah, an interesting switch. Like, yeah, the parents can't grasp it or they immediately forget, which is an interesting thing that the comic didn't have, but the TV show does so well. And it's a it's a fun new dynamic. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Kinsey tells Tyler about what's happened with Duncan. Um, they he they see there was a memory he was focusing on, which is Rendell and his friends going down into the drowning caves. They see a weird glow. She wants to go there with Tyler, but Tyler is just not interested in it. He's feeling a little conflicted because as we mentioned earlier, he was with Jackie, he had a key on him uh, and she kind of felt the key while they were making out and he got very nervous about it. He freaked out, man, completely shut down. Which is definitely drawing a line to your point, Justin, in terms of how Tyler is treating this versus how Kinsey is treating this. Yeah. The key literally gets between uh, them. It bangs into her and he retreats and pulls back even further from their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And then turns into a real douchebag. Uh, now, as we also mentioned earlier, there was a memorial for Joe. Everyone's super sad. Uh, Nina quarters Ellie, uh, calls her out on the scar. And Ellie says they pressed a hot poker to their chest, each of their chests, uh, not their collective chest, to remember Lucas, is what she says. Do you believe her at this point? No, uh, no, definitely not. I mean, if that, I mean, that has to be the the matchstick key. Yeah, I think so. Right? Oh, yeah, I it's so. definitely got to be. Yeah. It's the same shape of a freaking keyhole, for Christ's sakes. And oh. so the question is, like, does Ellie know that? Like, why is she retained? Is she actively lying, or is she just trying to answer because of the magic of the key fades when you're an adult? Yeah. I think that's something that perhaps could be revealed later on. Uh, now, Kinsey, as we mentioned, to want, really wants to go to the sea caves since Tyler it doesn't want to go down there before. Uh, she says that she's been there before, yeah. and it's no big deal. They could just go down into these drowning caves. Gabe supports her, which turns the tide, and they all agree. That's, first off, just casually being like, hey, let's shoot in the drowning caves. Like, cool that's location. insane to me. Like, mm-hmm. the title is a no right there. It's not just casual caves that sometimes murder people. It's a straight called the drowning caves, and we learn out why, why later. But, like, just how casual people are being about this is driving well, me crazy. I mean, that thing, honestly, that tracks with high schoolers to be like, if you knew there was a place, if you're in high school and you know, there's a place called the drowning caves, you'd be like, Oh, we're going to the drowning caves. Yeah. We're going to dead man's curve. Yeah, exactly. You do that. Right. Pete. Or did you uh, stay inside all the time? Howard Hughes style. No, you're right. Now that I'm thinking about it, but it's just very upsetting when you see, let's go to Pete's quiet bedroom. Let's go hang out there. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually the most dangerous place in town. I mean, I believe that. Um, Well, another comparison to the comics, I like how the film is sort of taking the place of the play in the comics. Um, Mm -hmm. The performance of The Tempest uh, won't spoil too much here, but like the performance of The Tempest is a big uh, moment in the comic book series. And it feels like the film is is using that same juice 
uh, to propel the story forward. Yeah, it's definitely they're riffing on this TV series on different uh, visual notes, on different pages, on different ideas without explicitly adapting them all the time, uh, which, okay. like we talked about before, is a smart decision. Although I got to say, though, I what was nice about in the comic was just uh, all the foreshadowing. And also, if you look close, you got to see like uh, keys and stuff like that. So it was like it's a little disappointing that we don't have something that is a big splash page like the film stuff has been hilarious with the, you know, horribly looking like bloodbath stuff, you know. Um, but I think um, it looks the bloodbath stuff looks great because they have this great machine that pumps out the blood. Hey, do you oh, know yeah. anything about machines that pump stuff out? Not really. I'm not familiar with pumping blood. But yeah. Sorry, guys. Liquids. We're really running out of time in this podcast. We got to push past this specific discussion and then spend as much time as we want on everything else. Uh, so we do get a scene of right. Bodhi here. Uh, Bodhi is hearing some whispers. He finds a key in a sewing machine. It's got a catechus on it. Uh, he puts on a... Yes, Pete. I just wanted to say suck it, Justin. That was a real interesting place to have a key. Suck it. Wait, what? <laughs> what but again, about? I wasn't saying the keys weren't in interesting places. The keys aren't in places that are deliberate. Like this, and same for this key. Uh, no, that's I, a actually, deliberate you know motherfucking key. I'll give you this one. This is the, yeah! the mending. This is the mending key, and it's in a uh, in a sewing machine, which is something you'd use to mend a tear in a piece of clothing. I'm so fucking this is, retiring. That's it. I retire. I hang up. I'm finally right. I'm walking away. You're wow. walking away from everything because you got one. You didn't even do anything I got, right. I got you're one just, thing right. Wow! Now you'll finally have that time to bounce like you've always wanted to. <laughs> bounce. Uh, so yeah, there's a very funny, as usual, very funny moment with Bodhi here, uh, where he finds the key. He's about. He thinks for a second that he puts on a helmet to protect himself. Uh, and he puts it in the cabinet that Nina found downstairs in the ping pong room. He gets nothing happens. So he gets inside, says, perhaps this is a Narnia situation. Yeah. Waits a second, comes out and says, wow, this is just like our world. Yeah, that was point, funny. Uh, Such a Nina funny walks sequence. by. Yeah, it's just very funny. He's having a good time, but it doesn't do anything. So uh, we, we know what it is, though. Yeah. Obviously, as viewers, we're not exactly sure what it does. As of yet, but yes. if you read the comic, um, we know. I also what think it's it interesting. How, of course, I think it's interesting how fast they're finding the keys. It doesn't. I don't know if it's faster than the comic was, but it feels mm-hmm. like such a breakneck pace that uh, they just keep finding keys every episode. Um, yeah. Well, I think that uh, it, it doesn't necessarily exactly follow this, but this is something that they're planning on doing again with the Fox series, where. The first episode of the Fox series adapted the first volume, Welcome to uh, Lovecraft. And then they were going to do a key of the week format where they found a different key every episode and then pepper the six volumes throughout the season and kind of see where they got to from there. Obviously, that didn't happen. But and I don't think we're necessarily getting key of the week, but it certainly is like, to your point, throwing those in at a pretty even pace where I feel like if you were watching the show, you didn't get a new key every week, there would be something disappointing about it, right? Right. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, So uh, Detective Matuku calls Nina, gives her all the evidence. 
which is pretty weird. Uh, they rule it as suicide. He's like, don't worry about it. Joe Ridgway, who you barely know, take this entire box of memorabilia out from his house. But that's yeah, fine. You think, that's, you think he's still being a good detective now? No, I think that was bad police behavior. I'll give you that. But what he is being is he's being someone who's helping the story move forward. He is like he knows that she has an interest and maybe he feels guilty for closing the case. So he's like, oh, if you can find something here, go for it. True. Super nice that a detective would open up the case for anyone who's around who would be interested in it. I stop by my local precinct in Brooklyn a lot and just grab old evidence. Smart. (laughs) Smart. I usually, if I'm going to do that, I go to the evidence room. You go three shelves over right by the cocaine. You kind of crouch down right there. Uh, Anyway, you can figure out the rest. Why do you know uh, where the coke is? That's really weird, man. I didn't say I use the coke. It's just I know where the coke is. I make a lot of busts. (laughs) Now, you're big on citizen's arrest, right, Alex? Yeah, I've taken down a bunch of cartels at this point. Yeah, ever since Police Academy started streaming on Netflix, this guy's always making citizens arrest. Someday I hope to make a mission to Moscow just like them. <laughs> wow. So uh, Bodie uh, can't play with Duncan because Duncan still has a memory-induced migraine, so he heads out to the graveyard, at which point the lady in the well shows up. She wants the keys and says, you know what? Your whole family is going to suffer. You have no idea what's coming and then we get a hint of what's coming uh, with a big action-y sequence. Sam is in prison. He uses the matchstick key to oh, cut his shit. way out of jail, sets the whole thing on fire, sets a cop burns on fire, down. burns wow. down the jail, walks away, doesn't even look back. It's very cool. That's very badass, man, especially the way he was like walking down the hall and just like starting the fires. Yeah. Crazy. Would you, yeah, that's would a you wild do that key. if you set off a big explosion? Would would you do the cool guy thing and look away from the explosion? No, I would be like taking a lot of pics, like really looking at it, being like, holy crap, I was just right there. I mean, if I had a place to go, I'd be like, ah, I just did my explosion. Now I got to go do this other stuff. I got to go record a podcast. I don't have time to look at this explosion. Mm-hmm. But you guy. do an explosion-focused podcast in your spare time, right? Yeah. That's right. Um, but I, I, my commentation is mostly like, oh, what's it like to feel it from behind? Yeah, I would also uh, mark it off like where I think like, OK, this is where the explosion will end and like kind of walk it backwards. And then just as it's about to explode, run and then last second jump as the explosion is happening behind me. Yeah. You don't want to be the guy that's nervously looking back like, oh, am I far enough away to do this like cool look? Mm. Should I <laughs> oh, maybe walk a little faster? Should I stop? Am I too far away? Uh, let me just retake this whole thing. Let me just do another explosion. Yeah. That's why I also always carry sunglasses with me. So as I'm walking away, I can put the sunglasses on, even if it's or nighttime. Or take them off. Or take them off. Or, or both. Just cover all my bases. Wow. Take them off, that, put them back on. That's why I wear a belt, because I'm worried when I'm walking away from explosion, my pants are going to fall down by accident. <laughs> I'm always worried that uh, my tie is going to curl up in a ball and whack me in the nose. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Alex, you are a cartoon, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I am. Uh, So then we get uh, getting back to Tyler's plot. He gets a text about a midday rager for Joe Ridgeway. I got to be honest. I think this is some teens using an excuse 
for a party. I don't think they really care about Joe Ridgeway. Yeah, because he oh, would no. want to do that. We yeah. partied on behalf of all of our teachers who tragically died in my high school. Yes, of oh, course. Wow. Uh, let's, at this point, follow Tyler's plot line. So he decides to skip out on the 5K that he's supposed to do with Jackie. Very big bummer, and things only get worse. He's at the party. Jackie is texting him nonstop, but he's ignoring it. Uh, Logan, who is Jackie's friend as well, confronts Tyler and is like, what are you doing? Yeah, what, what are you here for? Why are you here? And he's like, I got to get a drink. I got to go get a drink. And then it happens. The lady in the well is there at the party. Yes. Tyler's other two friends totally horn dogging over her. But she wow. approaches. What? How does he not know it's her? He saw her in the ring of fire. No, he's not, he hasn't seen her. He didn't see her. In the Ring of Fire. What? Right. He saw, they were very specific about it, if you go back and watch, and I, I, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but he knew Bodhi was in there, he knew Bodhi was in there with another figure, but he's never seen the Lady in the Well, and the only other chance he would have had would have been in that book of Matheson, and Bodhi tore out that page and crumbled it into a ball. So oh, they've man. been very specific about making sure that Tyler has never seen her before. Yeah, and I she uh, sort of seduces him. I love this. Yeah, but she's flip. coy because he's like, "Where are you from?" And she's like, "Definitely not a well." <laughs> yeah, that was a little yeah. obvious. She probably shouldn't have done that. Not yeah. a well, lady. Yeah, but uh, she did dodge his question. Oh boy! Yeah, nice, good, good, and good, good. We did uh, find she out named that her name is dodge. dodge. Yeah, very good. Uh, so yeah, uh, he, they're flutering and then Jackie comes in. She leaves the party. Jackie is pissed, does angry revenge shots at him. And then that was pretty awesome. Nothing better than a revenge shot. Yes. Uh, he walks over to the quick stop. Uh, lady is there, offers this and Jack. They walk off together. Uh, they're getting drunk by a car. Uh, she thinks he needs some time off from his self-loathing. She wants to get him out of his head. Says, why don't you come into this car? We can hang out. It's pretty cold out here. And he's like, oh, I, I don't think we should drive. And she's like, who, who said anything about driving? Says yes. her name is Dodge. And Tyler gets into the car. Uh, now, this is... Like an a-hole. Very, what? He's an asshole for getting oh, in that car. Oh, he's an a-hole. Oh, okay. Not the car was... The brand of the car is an a-hole, is I thought you were saying. No. No. Uh, what do you think about this twist going on here? This is definitely new for the show. But yeah. It did, uh, it did, for brand of the, it did look like a Dodge pickup truck that they were getting into. And then she was like, my name is Dodge. I was like, ooh. You think she just made it up when she looked at the truck? Uh, yeah. No, I just think that like, it's a fun. Like she might have been like, uh, my name, it's Ford Focus. <laughs> uh, what do you think about this, Justin? I I love this flip. So, um, quick backstory in the comic. In the comic, um, Dodge uh, is a uh, uses a gender swap key to be dating Kinsey, um, and I think this this really works super well. I think, uh, at least in the short term. Um, be, uh, having uh, Tyler be uh, sort of infatuated with the well lady and have them like dating, I guess uh, the thing is Bodie knows what the well lady looks like, what Dodge looks like. Yeah. So Tyler can never, Dodge can never be around Bodie. So I think that's an interesting roadblock. Uh, but 
I think this is great. Uh, so much happens in this episode, and it's so much worse to see uh, see Tyler getting with the villain in this show as opposed to what it was in the comic book. Yeah. Uh, jumping back a bit, uh, last little bit of Nina. She does look through Joe's stuff. Uh, Duncan helps her. He doesn't remember Rendell's scar at all, and that's yeah. kind of the last little bit that we leave Nina on. It's uh, weird Duncan's- that I- Duncan's oh, so, suspicious now. He's mm-hmm. like at least getting on board with Nina's uh, quest. Well, yeah. also it's weird. Duncan at some point's got to be like, "Man, everybody keeps telling me my memory's shit, and I can't remember anything. Am I going to think about that at all, or no? I guess not." Uh, I got to tell you, I, I'm having a weird experience watching the show, specifically with the Duncan storyline, because there's nothing terrible happened to me as a kid, but there's a whole lot that I can't remember. Like I just don't have no. very cohesive. You should talk memory. to a therapist about that. Well, I think part of it is that I've frankly read so many comics and books and TV shows, and that's what's in the forefront of my memory. And I'm sure wow. I could access it, but I very specifically, like I was at home, uh, I was at home for some holiday. I, I don't remember a month or two ago. And my parents and brother were like, oh, this thing happened. You remember that? I was like, nope. And they're like, what about this other thing? And I was like, nope. And it was literally what? nothing. Like, no zero memory. So watching And they were this- like, could you name all the characters on Riverdale? You were like, yes, Archie, Betty, Veronica, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Wait, who are they played by? Lily Reinhardt, Mage Shadabek. That's how you pronounce her name. Mark Goodswell, <laughs> Marisol Nick. That's the problem is like, I've stored all of that useless shit in my memory and I can't remember my childhood anymore. So now let me ask you, Alex, are you alarmed yeah. by the fact that you have no memory of your life yet you have an <laughs> ongoing tally of every pop culture thing? Would you like to know what happens on all eight seasons of Game of Thrones? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, it is alarming. I mean, obviously it's helpful for my job, but there is a part of me watching this thing with Duncan where I'm like, well, maybe he's an entertainment journalist. <laughs> I want to know about all eight seasons of Alex. That's what I want to know about. Couldn't tell you. Not that interesting. Sorry, buddy. Wow. Not watching it. Not binging it. <laughs> no, watch. Skip that one. DVR. We should do a podcast best. recapping Alex's life. It'd be helpful, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I would love to listen to that. I'd be like, oh, shit. That's a crazy <laughs> twist. How do you end up podcasting for that long? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, let's jump over to Kinsey's storyline because that's the uh, big thing in the episode before we get to the little cliffhanger at the end. Uh, So they do, in fact, head into the Drowning Caves. The Savitis love them. They're perfect. They look perfect. They look like right out of the comic book, which is How do they do this? Honestly, it's perfect. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable how cool the caves look. Um, and also, it's also so great that we finally found out why they call them the Drowning Caves. Yeah. Uh, so Kinsey, at this point, hears some whispering deeper in the caves, says they should keep going. There's an even better place to shoot. Uh, nobody really door. wants to. Scott is clearly very against this, and it only gets worse for him. But ultimately, she says it's safe. She's done this before. They head down. Uh, they love that cave even more. It's an even Great better cave. cave. Uh, and as they're setting up to film, Kinsey wanders off and at this point, And I cannot believe this happens this early in the show, but they find the black door of yeah. the title. It's glowing blue. There's yes. an Omega symbol on it. And she looks through the lock, clearly mesmerized 
at which point we fade away and go back to everybody else. I, w- I would like to point out it would look like a black light, you know, because it has that mm-hmm. blue kind of light to it a little yeah. bit. Oh, do you so think there's black. like a sweet dorm room party happening in oh, there? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, some old dude. school uh, posters hanging up with some band names on it. Right, you know? and like yeah. sex positions and stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, nice. Yeah, far from Shroomin. <laughs> uh, if you open that door right on the other side Is a picture of Albert Einstein With his tongue sticking out oh, Yeah exactly yeah. And honestly that's more alarming Than what's actually behind there uh, Now we get a little bit more of this Because and this is very much jumping ahead But uh, Kinsey clearly can't break away From the door What do you think's going on with this at this point Obviously we know stuff from the comic books But just interior in the show What do you think's happening with Kinsey I think she's she's drawn to the she hears the whispering. Um, so she's like, oh, a key. And the keys have helped her so much in her life so far. She even talks about a couple episodes back when she first kills her fear. She talks about the head key as an addiction. It's like a buzz. Uh, Tyler's being a buzz kill by trying to control it. So she sees it and she's like, oh, I'm going to get this. Uh, she doesn't have fear to slow her down. So she's just trying to get the next thing that will help her. And she's drawn in by the allure of the door yeah and let's face it if you're on the non-black light side of a cool door that's got sick posters on the other side you're gonna be mesmerized you know yeah yeah i'm addicted to sick posters i mean i'll say without getting into too many spoilers but the first time i watched this through i got real worried for kinsey at this point because it felt like she was being seduced by what is whatever is on the other side of that door. And certainly even by the end of the episode, the way that they're playing it, there is, there was a worry in my head that something had happened to Kinsey, just the way that they faded away from that. There's time missing there. So we don't know exactly what happened. It was probably like on the other side of the door is one of those lava lamps that you can't stop staring at. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a real cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I agree with you, Alex. It was like, this was really well done to make you worry about her. And uh, the cutaway was huge. It felt very Twin Peaks. Um, and then you come back and you just see her changed. So you don't know, to your point, you don't know what happened in between. And it's up to Gabe, who nobody likes, despite the fact that he's very good looking for a kid, uh, <laughs> is the only one there to help her out. Yeah, I was really surprised by that because I thought he was just going to do shit up and she was like, all right, go without me. He could have easily been like, all right, cool. Peace out. Well, yeah, in fact, everybody else discovers that uh, the drowning caves are going to drown them. And in fact, are filling in with the tide. They start to totally freak out. And we get a very tense sequence. I really liked how this entire thing played out because Ugh. I, again, honestly felt like Anybody could have died at any point in this yes, thing, and I would have so bought it. I yeah. did not like this. I don't like tight spaces, and I did not like this. Right. Well, I mean, and I it, liked it in terms of how it was paced out. Like, it was tense in exactly the right way. Yes. Yeah, they did a great job. Uh, also, you know, they get really freaked out about the equipment. And, you know, in college, if you lose any of the equipment, you got to pay for that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I, you know, I felt it when they were like, all that equipment. It I mean, was I know all lit about this. For when we were underwater, Pete. You know this, but I used to rent equipment from your college's film department. Yeah, because your fancy do... ass college wouldn't let you touch it. My fancy ass college that had no film resources and two film classes, and you had an actual film department. You're goddamn uh, right. We did. What's up, fucking guy in the hill? I was paying you a compliment. 
Wow, what a weird rivalry you guys had even <laughs> so long ago. Yeah. And as a line producer, I can tell you, you don't want to lose equipment. <laughs> You're very good at your job, Justin. Thank you. Thank yes. you. And that job is obviously a thing that we all know about each other. Yeah, no need to elaborate. You're a bouncer. So, uh, uh, they, it's fucked up uh, that I'm a, I am a professional bouncer and Pete, that's Pete's dream. That, that is pretty fucked up. Uh, so Kinsey does manage, as we mentioned, uh, Gabe comes up to her, manages to break her away from the door. Uh, they all swim through the caves. It's dark, it's freezing, but, uh, shockingly, they all do make it out, at which point Scott is very pissed. Not only do they lose their location, they lost their equipment. Kinsey screams at Scott, says she has more important things to do, at which point, basically, whatever they've had going, whether they're dating or not, it seems pretty clear that they've broken up at this point. Yes. Oh, man. Creative differences. And then, as one relationship ends, another begins. Down in the ping pong room, Kinsey is getting dry. Gabe is getting dry. Uh, Gabe says he totally supports her uh, and loves everything she's doing. Then they kiss. And as uh, Skinzy falls Boo. down, Cabe is rising. Uh, and then there's uh, two, yeah, two last little bits. Uh, so Bodie uh, freaks out. Kinsey just explains to her this is just a little bit of business. Uh, says Echo can't take the keys from her. Uh, and then the last little bit, which is the big cliffhanger for the episode, Duncan leaves, and as he leaves, Sam appears, oh. Sam Lesser, and walks in the gate. Do you want to talk about we- an unbelievable power walk? Like, you thought his last walking as the explosion happens? He mm-hmm. just gets to the gate as they, he struts right in the gate? Oh, that was so well shot, so well timed, so cool. Now, I will mention... If readers of the comic book know this, and of course we know this, but in case you didn't read it, there is an extended, several extended things that happen with Sam Lesser as he makes his way from jail to Key House to confront the locks, which is what we're, I, without getting too much into spoilers, what we're going to see next episode. Uh, but Dude. this is, I think you... Pete, I think people could figure out by Sam walking into the house that there's going to be some sort of confrontation. You don't know what's going to happen next episode. You're totally ruining what could possibly happen. Sure. Here's a big spoiler. Top of the next episode, Sam walks out of the house, and we never see him again. He goes to grab some lunch. He wants to get some chowder. Yes. Uh, There are problematic elements, things that have not aged quite as well with Sam's journey to Key House. And this is one of the things they called out that they felt like it was important, not just for time, but for content to say, you know what, let's skip by this stuff and just get to what is important, which is Sam and his relationship or lack thereof with the locks, which I I appreciate. I think they made a good choice there. Yeah, Yeah, and I don't mind... I don't mind just seeing him because we don't really know where he's in the show, where he's in jail and they don't know about that journey. It's not emphasized nearly as much. So, yeah, I think it's fine to just have him. It it was a great sort of scare at the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, Before we wrap up here. Oh, yeah, Pete. I just want to say there was one kind of sweet thing when, uh, you know, Bodie tells Kinsey about the well lady and he does this adorable thing where he's like, I'm not letting you out of my sight. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. And I really like that kind of like connection that he had with his sister 
where for a while he was like alone fighting this battle and then he was really happy when they all joined him. And it's nice to know that like, you know, when things get they their their bonds are still pretty strong. Yeah, before we wrap up here, let's unlock our key moments for the episode. Pete, why don't you start us off? What is your key moment for this episode, The Black Door? Um This is tough. There's there's it's tough. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Well Lady and Tyler hanging out. Um, that really is going to fuck with things later, especially if Tyler has any kind of hesitation towards the Well Lady that could like cost them uh, somebody or something. Because, uh, you know, when it comes to the Well Lady, they got to be on their toes. Yeah, by the way, I think we can call her Dodge now because she officially said her name was Dodge. Yeah, but yes. she also called herself the Well Lady, so I'm going to go with Well Lady. Thank you. <laughs> Great. I, and I'm going to call her Ford Focus, as I said earlier. <laughs> uh, what's your key moment, Justin? Uh, I think uh, I'm going to go with um, the revelation of the Black Door, uh, revealing that um, at this point in the show... But does a couple things. It shakes up the the continuity from the comic book that we that is totally out the window. As they say, as the creators say, um, you can enjoy the comic book series and the TV show as two separate things. So it was really nice to sort of put that flag in that idea by just saying, "Here's the black door. Um, how will we use it? You'll have to just uh, sit tight and find out." Yeah, I was uh, going to choose the one that Pete chose until he chose it, and then I was going to choose the one that you chose until you chose it. But I do think yeah. uh, the Sam Lesser showing up at Key House at the end of the episode is there's a promise there that we're about to kick things into high gear. As much as I have enjoyed uh, the actress who plays Dodge as a villain, and certainly, like you mentioned, Justin, there's stuff, uh, as Pete mentioned, there's stuff happening at the end of the episode there. A lot of her M.O. has been walking up to Bodie saying, give me the keys, and Bodie saying, I'm not going to give you the keys, and that's kind of the end of the conflict. But Sam Lesser is a much more palpable physical threat that's going on here. Yeah. And that's as we head into this final act of the show, so to speak, that's really what we need to amp up the danger. So that's nerve wracking and exciting at the same time. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, it's really nice to see Bodie continue to sort of have the key workshop going each episode where he's finding a new key, uh, experimenting with it and hopefully getting closer to giving them the tools they need to not die. Yeah. All right. If you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We will chat with you about Lock and Key. Socially on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you can follow us at Lock and Key Pod. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to listen to the show and subscribe. Please do leave us a comment on iTunes in particular. That helps out quite a bit, and we really appreciate it. Uh, comic Book Club Live. Live.com for this podcast and more. And I don't got a lock pun, so I'll key into one the next episode. Oh. <laughs> what? I don't know.